0: Welcome to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and displeasing. I'm Nicole, and I am in the podcast studio alone today. Melanie went to surprise her boyfriend this weekend for a wedding. They're living um, apart right now just while her boyfriend gets a job out by her, so they hadn't seen each other in a while, and her in-laws, soon-to-be-in-laws, ended up buying her a ticket last minute so this is a bonus episode for halloween because duh it's spooky season but this is melanie's story so um i'm telling it for her so that you guys still get the content that you you know so love maybe you don't if you do love it please go rate us, review us, tell us how much you love us, share us, pretty please. Okay, man, this is so weird to be alone recording. Okay, so Melanie wrote this one, um, and it is the history of Halloween, so I thought we thought it was only appropriate to do this on Halloween. First, we have the Sewin Celebrations. In Celtic Ireland around 2,000 years ago, Sowin represented the division between the lighter half of the year, summer, and the darker half, winter. During the interim, ancient people believed that the line between the spirit world and the mortal one became so thin that the dead could pass through it and walk the earth once more. Soin was to celebrate the harvest. Soin was led by druids. A druid was a member of the high-ranking class of ancient Celtic cultures. Druids were religious leaders as well as legal authorities, educators, lore keepers, medical professionals, and political advisors. Druids left no written account. While they were reported to be literate, they are believed to have been prevented by the doctrine from recording their knowledge in written form. Their beliefs and practices are attested in some detail by their contemporaries from other cultures, such as the Romans and Greeks. After the harvest was complete, the townspeople and the Druids would light a fire in the town square. The fire was lit using a spinning wheel that would cause friction and start the fire, and this wheel was used to symbolize the sun. While lighting the fire, the celebrants would pray. There were no other fires allowed in the community other than this one, The main fire was used to guide friendly spirits back to loved ones. They'd have contests, practice forms of divination, and hold meetings. Some references suggest animal and human sacrifices. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. Oh, side note. I haven't read through this so that you get my raw reaction. Once the celebration was complete, townspeople would bring part of the fire back to their own hearths. Early Celtic texts revealed that the celebration was mandatory, lasting three days and three nights. That's a long time. And I believe that, like, Ireland as a whole is incredibly religious. I could totally be wrong, though. It was believed that if some people did not participate, it could affect future crops. If a town person did not show up, they could be held responsible by the gods or the officials. Townspeople were not allowed to commit any crimes or use any weapons. If they did, they would be sentenced to death. Holy hell. Is that like, I know Melanie is not here to answer that, but I'm curious if that is like, can't commit any crimes or use weapons during these like during this celebration, or is it always? I mean, I feel like you can't commit crimes or use any weapons anyways, but I don't know. Wish Melanie was here to answer that for me. (laughs) I miss her so much. Dumb suppers. This is the next story. In this case, the word dumb refers to being silent because the dead were invited to supper but could not be heard. Families would open doors and windows inviting the dead inside. A lavish meal would be prepared so that some may be shared with the dead. Wine and small baked cakes with crosses in the middle, known as soul cakes, were set out for the dead. Family members shared the news of the year and upcoming events with their ancestors, and children's would, children would perform for entertainment. That is so sweet. I love that a lot. Um, also, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there that do this, um, but like... For my grandma's birthday, my mom always goes to her grave and puts a cupcake out and she literally sits there and tells her like everything that's going on. And I always think that's so sweet. Later, dumb suppers became a silent and somber affair where there was no speaking or even clanging of dishes. Oh my God. Later, dumb suppers became a silent and somber affair where there was no speaking or even clanging of dishes. Food was to be set out before guests sat down in order to avoid unnecessary noises. Ooh, can you imagine how awkward and quiet that meal would be? After the meal, the uneaten ghost food would usually be shared with those less fortunate. The poor people and children would go from house to house asking for food in return for prayers or song. That is so freaking sweet. Why don't we do that? Not the dead silent summer suppers, but like even for Thanksgiving, Which don't even get me started on that holiday. I love eating food, but like there's so much food that goes wasted. I would absolutely love it if like people came to our house or whatever and like didn't even necessarily have to do anything, but even if they were like, I'm very thankful for X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, you give them like a slab of ham or whatever. I would love that. Why don't we do that? The next one is Sewin Monsters. The Celtics believed that the veil between the worlds was thinned during the Sewin, so offerings had to be left out for the monsters. There were she-fairies who could kidnap humans, so humans dressed up as animals or monsters. The puka, which was a shape-shifting monster, which could be anything from a rabbit to a horse or even a human, it is said that one can tell when a puka is impersonating a human because part of its appearance still remains animal-like. In order to keep the puka away, townspeople left them a tasty offering far from their house. To this day, there are still some people who will sprinkle a bit of grain in their yards to keep the puka happy on Halloween. Oh my god, I love that. If they like it, your garden will overflow with ripe fruits come spring. I just love all of this. Um, And I really like... The reason for things, so this is super cool, but even like linguistic stuff, so neat. The Lady Gwyn was a forlorn and headless woman who chases night wanderers accompanied by a black pig. Love that. While doula hands can appear as imp-like creatures or as headless men riding flame-eyed horses, carrying their own heads, their appearance was considered a death omen to those who encountered one. Whew! That, uh, I mean, I feel like once I see a headless man riding a flame-eyed horse carrying their own heads, I, I mean, I wouldn't think that's a good sign. A group of hunters known as the fairy host might also haunt Sawin and kidnap people. Similar are the slaw who would come from the West to enter houses and steal souls. Also side note, these again are not my notes. So if I am mispronouncing anything, I am so freaking sorry. So in the middle ages, you know, I just realized I don't think I'm supposed to be reading all those headers. <laughs> oh, Melanie, please don't come at me. Come the middle ages when towns began to grow, so when celebrations got smaller. Bonfires were nearer to farms in order to protect families from fairies and witches. Carved turnips called jack-o'-lanterns began to appear, attached to strings, attached by strings to sticks, and embedded with coal. Later, Irish traditions switched to pumpkins. Okay. Also, another side note: I did a trivia at work. I, I mean, like I hosted a really small trivia at work during a presentation, and I found this cool fact about how turnips used to be used as jack-o'-lanterns instead of pumpkins which why did we ever stop that because turnips would be terrifying to carve they would look like little shrunken heads i need so many turnips so i can carve them uh the header for this that i'm probably not supposed to be reading is called christianity ruins everything which (laughs) oh my god melanie i freaking love you As Christianity began to overtake pagan religions, they tried to make Samhain into a Christian holiday. Big friggin' shock. Pope Boniface, in the 5th century, tried to move it to May 13th and change it to a day celebrating saints, but pagans continued their fall fire festivals. In the 9th century, Pope Gregory moved it back to fall, but declared that it was All Saints Day on November 1st and All Souls Day on November 2nd. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Sweene with big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hollows or All Hallowmans, which is from Middle English derived word that I cannot pronounce, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before it, the traditional night of sim. Soween in the Celtic region began to be called All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. Also in Alabama, it's illegal to dress as nuns or priests or anything of that nature. The first celebrations in colonial America were play parties to celebrate the fall harvest in Maryland and the southern colonies. The New England colonies were too Protestant to allow these. At the play parties community members would dance, sing, tell fortunes, and share ghost stories. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish, fleeing from the Irish potato famine, helped popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Borrowing from the dumb supper traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors. Hell yeah. You know, someday I'm going to need to do a witch episode because I... Okay, in the 1920s to 1930s, Halloween became a community holiday again. Towns had parades and town-wide parties, but young people began to take the mischief too far. Teenagers would place farmers' livestock and wagons on barn roofs, deflate car tires and steal manhole covers, and place fake detour signs. Opening farmers' gates to let livestock became so common that people would refer to October 31st as gate night. In extreme cases, teenagers would steal set fires and throw bags of flour or ash at pedestrians. Oh my God. That's horrible. The holiday became so dangerous and destructive that some cities considered banning it. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off on another tangent. When, when I was in high school, a lot of people would go freaking nuts during homecoming. And I remember people getting deer piss and throwing it on people or like literally duct taping someone to a pole butt ass naked. So for some reason, this does not surprise me that they would throw bags of flowers or ash at people. But oh my goodness, I am shocked this didn't get banned. During the 1930s, civic and religious authorities, community organizations, and neighborhood families began to program parties, carnivals, and costume parades on Halloween to keep kids out of trouble. By the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism, and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from town civic centers into the classroom or home where they could be more easily accommodated. Between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, Families could also pre- prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Thus, a new American tradition was born, and it continues to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimate of $6 billion annually on Halloween, making it the country's lo- second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Wow, that surprises me. I'm curious how much is spent on Christmas. The tradition of carving jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland using turnips instead of pumpkins. It is allegedly based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jack who repeatedly trapped the devil and only let him go on the condition that Jack would never go to hell. But when Jack died, he learned that heaven did not want his soul either, so he was forced to wander the earth as a ghost for eternity. The devil gave Jack a burning lump of coal in a carved out turnip to light his way. I love that. I don't love it but like I love it. I don't know. Locals eventually began carving scary faces into their own turnips to frighten away evil spirits. There is much debate around the origins of trick-or-treating but generally there are three theories. The first theory suggests that during the Sweene, Celtic people would leave food out to appease the spirits traveling the earth at night. Over time, people began to dress as these unearthly beings in exchange for similar offerings of food and drink. The second theory speculates that the candy boon stems from the Scottish practice of guising, which is a secular version of souling. During the Middle Ages, generally children and poor adults would collect food and money from local homes in return for prayers of the dead on All Souls Day. Geysers dropped the prayers in favor of non-religious practice with the inclusion of songs, jokes, or other tricks. The third theory argues that the modern American trick-or-treating stems from Bell's a German-American Christmas tradition where children would dress in costume and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identities of the disguised. In one version of the practice, the children were rewarded with food or other treats if no one could identify them. That's cute. Black cats. The idea of being spooked by black cats dates back to the Middle Ages, when these dark felines were considered the symbol of the devil. It didn't help that centuries later, accused witches were often found to have cats, particularly black ones. People began to believe that the cats were a witch's familiar supernatural entities that would assist in their practice of dark magic, and black cats and spookiness have been linked ever since. That is so sad because black cats are the least likely to be adopted at animal shelters. So please, 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 please go adopt a black cat if you're going to adopt a cat. All right. That was um, a little bit of a short one. Thank you for joining us for our bonus. Happy Halloween. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday. Tune in for our episode on Wednesday. You know, we're going to talk about... I'll just give you a spoiler since this is a bonus. And if you made it this far, hell yeah, I appreciate you anyways. But Wednesday, we're going to be talking about Ed Gein. So please, please, please come back um, so that we can talk about all things Ed Gein, which is also very terrifying. If you want to email us, please email us at aestheticallydispleasingpod at gmail.com. You can send us case suggestions, comments tell us that we're doing good. Facebook, you can follow us at Aesthetically Displeasing and Instagram, you can follow us at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod. Please rate us and review us wherever you're listening. It really, really helps us. Um, And please share any posts that you see that you like. We try to post pictures every time an episode comes out so you can kind of see um, the case that we're talking about. Anyways, again, happy Halloween. Uh, hope you had a good one hope you celebrated hope your costume was super cool i was austin powers this year and my husband was dr evil and then my son was Minnie me because he's literally a replica of his dad so yes go have fun if you're trick-or-treating tonight stay safe adopt a black cat if you're gonna adopt a cat because they don't get adopted and have a good week guys. Talk to you next time.